0: On the field at Burktar Stadium by Ken Sparks, the head coach of the Carson Newman Eagles, a win tonight and also 300 wins in your legendary career here at Mossy Creek. I'm sure a lot of emotions going through your mind right now.
1: Well, you know, everybody keeps saying legendary. Does that mean I owe a lot of people money, or what does that mean exactly? I know it means you're old, and uh, but uh, uh, but I'm just grateful, you know, just to be. Uh, just to be associated with Carson Newman, associated with all these kids and these coaches and the ones that have invested their life and have given so much down through the years to be part of this. I'm grateful for uh, Dr. Cordell Maddox who had uh, enough uh, uh, courage to hire a guy, a nobody back there a long time ago. And and uh, and I'm still a nobody, but I'm still honoring the Lord with what I'm trying to do. And so I'm excited about uh, all this and grateful and, and realize that uh, uh, it's it's not me. It's, this is about a whole bunch of people, and it's about uh, some things a whole lot bigger than I am. And, I, and I'm just grateful to, to be a small part of it. And and, uh, and I say uh, we better get ready to play another ball game because we sure didn't play very good tonight. We better get ready to get get a lot better in a hurry if we're going if there's going to be 301. We better get going here. So.
0: You mentioned this a lot before, it's not always about X's and O's, but it's about changing lives and not just about winning and losing and that's happened a lot in your 33 years here.
1: Well, you know, it's uh, it's amazing how uh, so many guys have come, uh, some of them with, uh, you know, with brokenness in their life and many of them that uh, didn't have a clue uh, about uh, how they were going to make it, you know, in life and to see how the Lord... Uh, has uh, used people, uh, used Carson Newman uh, to to touch them and how football has been a part of that. And uh, you know, uh, so it's, uh, that is real, real encouraging. And uh, it, it goes to show you that the Lord can, can do, uh, with a silly game like football, the Lord can do some miraculous things with it. and So uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it.
0: I know you're happy for your 300th win, but also glad to start this 2012 season off with a victory. You get up to a 49 to 21 lead. Pioneers find a way to get back in at a three-point game, but you go back to the run game, you get the score you needed.
1: Well, we didn't play well, but we're grateful for the victory and and uh, see if we can't learn a little bit from, you know, sometimes you can learn a lot from a defeat, but I, I hope we learn a lot from a, from a very narrow victory and, and give them credit. They did a great job and and, uh, and uh, hope we can get better.
0: Coach Sparks, congratulations on your 300th career win, also getting 2012 season off to the right start. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Well, that interview was recorded on August 30th, 2012, midfield at Berktar Stadium, a conversation with Ken Sparks after he had just won his 300th game as a college football coach. Now, here we are, five years later, and got the news earlier today that Coach Ken Sparks has passed away after a very long battle with cancer. And he was 73 years old, but again, passed away this morning, March 29th, 2017. I'm Roger Hoover, and welcome to this uh, episode of the Roger Hoover Podcast that's different from most. Uh, we will catch up with a guest as the voice of the Carson Newman Eagles, Adam Cavalier, will join me in just a few moments. But wanted to talk about Ken Sparks today and the tremendous impact that he had on not just my life, but uh, lives all across not only Carson Newman's campus, but his impact really had a very far reach uh, during his time on this earth always grew up a fan of Carson Newman football, um, maybe not in the same way that I was a Tennessee football fan, but uh, always had an appreciation for Carson Newman at the Division II level. Of course, my grandparents, uh, Herbert and Lorena Hoover, met at Carson Newman in the late 30s and early 40s. Uh, My Uncle David played baseball at Carson Newman as well, and I've always had a lot of family ties and a lot of uh, church connections from First Baptist uh, Church Kingsport to Carson Newman, and I always was a big fan of theirs and always watched their games in the D2 playoffs with my dad in the 90s when they'd be on TV, and even went to a few games when I was in college with some friends at Carson Newman uh, while I was going to school at Tennessee. But in 2012, I had the opportunity to join the Carson Newman Athletic Department and join Adam Cavalier, who we'll hear from in a moment. Adam was just hired as the voice of the Eagles and the director of athletic communications, and I was hired as the associate director of athletic communications. And um, my main job responsibilities for that year were just to broadcast women's basketball, be the sports info contact for that sport, soccer, uh, did some golf as well, later did swimming uh, as a sports information director, and uh, in the 2012 season. I also had the chance to work as the color analyst for Carson Newman football on the Eagle Sports Network. So through that, I had the opportunity to be around Ken Sparks and really get to work with a legend. And that was at a time where his coaching career was um, on the cusp of history. He had 299 wins coming into the 2012 season, so we knew he was one win away from that 300 mark, and we also knew that he was starting to undergo cancer treatments, and there was a lot of uncertainty about the football program uh, when I joined at that time. But in a very short time, I really enjoyed getting to know Coach Sparks. A little bit here and there, I would see him on the practice field, and then Uh, On September 11th, 2012, of course the anniversary of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, at the Sevier County Courthouse, Ken was among several notable people uh, in Sevier County and in the area to uh, pray for our country and uh, pray for remembrance of uh, the victims of the 9-11 terrorist attack. So I went with Ken to shoot video of it and get some social media coverage for seeingingles.com and our Facebook and Twitter pages and had the opportunity to drive with Ken, which you'll hear Adam and I talk about in just a moment. But um, I remember he asked me when I sat down in the car and we're starting to make our way from Jefferson City to Sevierville, he started to ask me, well, tell me about yourself. And I started rattling off my resume like I was on a job interview. I said, um, broadcast assistant with the Tennessee Smokies. I called University of Tennessee baseball games in the spring with John Wilkerson. I've just been hired here. I'm really fired up about announcing women's basketball, blah, 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 blah. Just kept going that way. And he said, well, that's all good, but you didn't tell me anything about you. And by that, he wanted to hear about my faith, and he wanted to hear – uh, about my upbringing and in my prayer life and we talked about all of those things and uh, something I wasn't necessarily or even ready to talk about with a uh, with somebody especially that I was starting to work with but um, I was able to talk to him about it and, and he and I prayed together and um, then of course later on got to see him pray at this event and I um, He was just such a good person. He was just such a strong man of faith. And uh, I think at that time in my life, I needed to see somebody like Ken Sparks. And um, I needed to think about my faith more, honestly, and still do in a lot of ways. And his Christian example has always made a big impact on me and um, the fact that he was able to impact nearly 100 football players each and every year and have those same conversations. I mean, I only had one that was kind of like that with him. Um, but to know that that happened with people in his football program, people around Carson Newman or um, Knoxville, I mean, it he made an impact on people. And it was not just about the superficial things like what's your job, you know, what are you studying in school he truly wanted to know about his go-to line how's your heart babe that was him and that was his mission and he was able to touch a lot of lives through as he always described it a silly little game like football I was with Carson Newman in 2012 2013 before uh, coming back to Jacksonville and then working for Alabama but he um, was always someone I enjoyed keeping up with loved the weekly press conferences we used to have during those two years I worked there. Um, Sometimes it would just be Adam Cavalier and then later Michael Watrang and myself (laughs) at those press conferences along maybe with Adam Green, but uh, we always had a good time and it was always uh, good to catch up with him and uh, he always had a, he always just treated us very, very well trying to do a media role and cover his football team and That was outstanding to be a part of and uh, continue to be a fan of the program, even after leaving Carson Newman and uh, and keeping up with the news about Coach Sparks and... Just sad to get that news today that he passed away. And to kind of put it in perspective, I wanted to reach out to Adam Cavalier, who is still going strong as the voice of the Eagles. And uh, I had a chance to talk with him. And this is our conversation from earlier today. He's on campus uh, at Carson Newman and uh, was getting ready to go to a press conference that will be held with uh, some former players and athletic director Alan Morgan, President uh, Dr. Randall O'Brien as well. So before all that happened, I had this opportunity to catch up with Adam Cavalier about the legendary Ken Sparks. Well, Adam, certainly a uh, a tough day, and uh, how's everything going on Mossy Creek as we all get the reaction to the news that uh, Ken Sparks has passed away?
2: I I think it's a day that everybody, you know, kind of knew was coming, Uh, but it it doesn't make it any less sad. Um, Ken obviously had a tremendous impact on uh, this campus, this football program, uh, the sport of football as a whole. And so, you know, whenever a legend like that does pass, you, it's time to reflect on everything that uh, they did and what they meant to uh, this, this place in, in particular. And uh, I don't think shell-shocked is the right word um, because, again, he's been battling cancer for five years. Uh, but certainly, uh, everybody's deeply saddened by the fact that uh, a, a man on this earth with us.
0: You were first hired, and I came in with you as well in the summer of 2012, and that was when he was just starting to undergo some cancer yeah. treatments. And uh, for the very first time, having to coach uh, with this illness, uh, Just, is there any way to put in perspective kind of the daily fight he had to – Make sure he got to the practice field and was able to coach Carson Newman like he did over the last few seasons?
2: Uh, it, it The thing to me that always got me is if you felt like you were having a bad day, well, Ken's coaching with cancer, so shut your mouth because you're not having as bad of a day as he is. He, he was so dedicated. I mean, that, that's the, the incredible thing to me. I mean, he'd go for a cancer treatment in West Knoxville at 11 o'clock, get chemotherapy and be back in time for practice at 3 um, and truthfully I don't know if he could have done that anywhere else because you look at his coaching staff and you have a veteran crew with 5 assistants who have been around at least 10 years and so he he probably delegated more stuff than he typically would have especially later in his career uh, but the fact that he takes Carson Newman to a quarterfinal appearance in the playoffs, three three times they make the playoffs after he's diagnosed with cancer. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Uh, he, until the very end, I do mean the very end, uh, this past season, it didn't feel like he missed a beat. Uh, and even this season, part of me wonders, was he missing a beat because half of his offensive line was hurt uh, half of his defensive line was hurt they had so many injuries this past season uh, but it, I mean it's just it was just incredible to watch him do what he did undergoing what he went through and to look just like he was doing it at age 40 I'm sure
0: And what was the process like for him to decide that it was time to retire at the end of last season? Was he really hoping to continue into 2017, or did he just know it was the right time? I I
2: think he knew it was time. It it happened rather quickly. Um, we played Tuscalum on Saturday, and he, I found out the Friday before that game. Um, and he, he said that he had made the decision Thursday. So I, I think he, he felt it was the right time. And certainly, losing didn't. Uh, he didn't want to stick around and be a loser. Um, he wanted to run a successful football program. So I think that might have helped make his decision, decision for him. But it, throughout the year, I started to see him. Question himself uh, whether he was still a good coach, um, and it, you know, you, you were around it. You saw in the post game interviews every time after a loss, sure. uh, that he he'd put everything on him, uh, on himself, uh, for that loss. And you know, to some extent, I I admire and agree with that. Uh, it's the coach's fault when you lose. It's the players. Uh, it's the player. The players reason are the reason why you win, uh, but. That can be a little trite at times. I felt this season when he said that, he really meant it. He felt that he was uh, a detriment to his players at times. And it, I, I disagreed with him at that. Sure. Because Ken Sparks at 25% is still better than 90% of the coaches in this country. But uh, if he wasn't able the way his life to the Lord in that regard uh, then it was time for him to pursue his ministry in another way
0: and what did you notice about him in um, the time after he announced his retirement and uh, to up until this week I mean obviously physically his appearance changed a lot but his message still was the same and he was very eager to get his message out
2: yeah he was still very much Ken Sparks the thing that that got me uh, the, the other people that I've uh, had the misfortune of watching succumb to cancer, uh, their voice always started to go. And they, toward the end, they, they stopped like themselves. And to an extent, they stopped being themselves. And that was the thing that really struck me with Ken. Uh, and we, we, did, we didn't know how much time he had left, um, but he never wavered. Um, I, I talked with him on the phone a week ago, and he still sounded like Ken. Uh, he wanted to know what Carson and Soffal was doing on a winning streak, how they were doing, who was performing well. Uh, he was still interested in, uh, you know, everybody's walk with Christ, um, and how everybody was doing. So that's the thing that really sticks with me, is that he was kin until the very end, even as short as a week ago. And so when we find out, today that he, he passes it does come as a little bit of a surprise because he, while his appearance certainly his last public appearance I believe it was February 14th when the street got renamed after him on campus, he didn't look like himself anymore uh, and even going back through pictures it's it's easy to see a decline over the last five years um, but he all he, he always sounded like himself and his message was still what you would expect out of him
0: visiting again with Adam Cavalier, the Director of communication, Athletic Communications for Carson Newman University. And um, what are some fun memories you're going to take from your time with Ken? Because he had a sense of humor like nobody else I've been around in a position like yeah. him. You know, normally you deal with a legendary coach. A lot of times they're just serious all the time and just focused on the game and winning. But Ken knew how to have fun too.
2: I, I think one of my favorites, it, it happened this uh this past uh, fall camp, and you know, we, we cover fall camp, watch practice, shoot a little b roll, what have you. And so I'm out on the practice field. I don't even remember what I was doing. Ken has a golf cart, or had a golf cart, I should say, uh, that he used to really be a little bit more mobile uh, in the latter stages of his career. He nearly runs me over with the thing. <laughs> A he was a terrible driver. He really I can attest to that. He was, yeah, a terrible he was terrified driver. to get on a car with him. Uh, and B, he said, Oh, I'm sorry, I ran you over. Have a peach and he pulls a peach out of his pocket, beckons me to sit down. And I don't even remember what we talked about. But here's America's active wins leader who nearly runs me over with a golf cart and then apologizes instantly by handing me a peach and then having a little fellowship time with me while I eat the peach in his golf cart. That was a joy. My other favorite one, I think it was 2014, Carson Newman's at North Greenville. And again, Ken's unlike any other coach in America. uh, Because every other coach I've dealt with, you you interview him on the field with a sideline porter. It's quick, it's dirty. You get it out and you're done. Ken wants to come up to the press box and do a lengthy sit down, which I'm grateful for and love. So, we're at North Greenville, so he makes his way up to the press box. And, I, you know, standard stuff. You you win. What do you think about the game? Blah, blah, blah. blah. And he starts on to his answer. About halfway through, he says, I got to tell you, I wandered into the women's restroom on my way up here. <laughs> <laughs> on air. I don't know what he was thinking, but he confesses to walking into the women's restroom by accident. In the North Greenville press box, cause he had to pee. And uh, why he did that, I don't know what he was thinking. Thank God we're in Division Two and don't have the media spotlight that uh, a Division One school would have on it. Because I can only imagine if Nick Saban walked into the women's restroom en route to his press conference at an event, the the blowback and the backlash. But unquestionably, my favorite media. Him is unprompted. It's not like, oh, Kim, what what, what took you so long to get up here? Unprompted in the middle of a question about the game, he feels compelled to confess his sins that <laughs> he walked into the, the women's restroom in the North Greenville press box. And then the other thing that I will treasure forever, and this is true for anybody who hosted the Ken Sparks show, is just getting to do that with him and having a chance to sit after church on a Sunday and just to shoot something that really should take about 30 minutes and it ends up taking an hour because you're having so much fun just uh, just talking about life with him. Not really about football, but just about life. And that's something that, without question, I will cherish for, a, for the rest of my days.
0: Of course, he's very special to us because of our Carson Newman connection and time there. But yeah. when you think of him in a national perspective you said the uh, active wins leader at the moment can you really put his accomplishments in a national perspective for us
2: i mean you're talking about a guy with 338 wins more than bear bryant pop warner uh, the list goes on and on and on uh and he might be the last guy to ever win the 300 games i mean that's He's truly one of a kind, and I don't know if we'll ever see somebody, especially to stick around at one school school, for the entirety of their career and win that much. Um, Nick Saban, he he needs to coach about 10 more years, averaging the 11 to 12 wins he has a year at Alabama, and he'll be 75 when he wins his 300th. If he coaches that long, um, that that's the thing that sticks out to me. There's not another guy in Division Two right now who you can point at and say, "Oh, he has a chance to catch Ken um, and do what he's done." Um, and that, to me, is what's staggering. Even even looking at the Division One landscape, a Saban, you got to coach Tier 75. Is he going to do that? An Urban Meyer. Uh, who is within conceivable striking distance but has done it at a bunch of different schools. Um, That's the thing that sticks to me, is that it's going to be really tough for somebody to to hit that 300 win. I believe there's an NAI coach in Indiana who's sitting at like 270-something that you could conceive of getting there, and some D3 coaches who have the winning percentage through their first ten years of coaching, to where they could get there, there's a lot of ifs ands and buts, uh, and so that's what's staggering to me about what he's done. He's truly probably the last of his kind uh, for a coach to stick it out at one school, be so successful, to not be lured away by uh, by money and to go the Division One route and the D One route, not to knock guys, but you see a Les Miles get fired after. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how many wins did LSU have this season? Had a winning season. Had a successful campaign. Um, so it's really hard to imagine somebody at that level being able to stick it out in one place. And th- and two, to be hired at the age of 35, let's say, and be able to coach long enough to get to that mark. Um, but, I mean, fourth all-time in winning percentage, fifth all-time in wins... Uh, he, he's unquestionably one of the greatest coaches to ever do it.
0: Well, you mentioned staying so long at one school, and obviously Carson Newman and his alma mater and a place he really grew to love. But did he ever mention anything about any offers that may have come his way maybe earlier in his career, say in the 80s or in the 90s when he could have left?
2: He told me at one point what they were, but I don't remember them.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't, uh, not specific teams, but there were he, opportunities for him.
2: He did have – he had D1 offers. Um Especially after the title runs in the 80s, but never felt right uh, leaving Carson Newman and going to a place where he couldn't as fully put Christ first as he did here at CN.
0: And it's not just, he would always talk about how it's not just him coaching the football team, the football team almost acts as a ministry. What were some of the foundations for um, the ministry aspect of his team and what he tried to instill across all Carson Newman students?
2: I think uh, the the big thing is that it is about Jesus Christ, and it's about living your life 100% for him. Whatever it is that you do, if it's announcing a game on the radio, um, playing on a football field whatever it is that you're doing in life you give a hundred percent effort at that and you give a hundred percent effort so that you best honor jesus christ and i think that's the message that a lot of people have taken away from him over the years that the how's your heart babe uh if you're breathing you're fighting uh those little ten isms so to speak
0: nothing in the bible about retiring
2: no, there's nothing in the Bible about it. The Bible doesn't say anything about retiring. Uh, toward the end of his career, he did start to point to uh, the Timothy first. I've uh, fought the fight. I've finished the race, that, that verse. Um, and I think that, that was the only instance he found in the Bible uh, about there there being something about it. it's If you, you've done well, you, you can... You can hang it up and it'll be okay. But even then, I mean, he still continued his ministry uh, outside of co- coaching. So uh, there, there truly was no stopping for him.
0: Well, again, the very sad news we learned today that Ken Sparks has passed away, and. Um right now the Eagles are of course preparing for 2017 under Mike Turner who coached alongside him um for really all of Carson Newman's really outstanding teams and uh, I imagine no tributes planned right this moment but I imagine next fall at Berktar Stadium there will be a lot of tributes to Ken
2: yeah it's a I think they've already planned the the helmet sticker to to get ready for him uh I know that they're they're excited they're excited to get on the field uh, and, and certainly play for his honor and I know you've got a guy in Mike Turner who coached for Ken for 30 years who's excited to take up the mantle of the program and, and continue what Ken started here so many years ago
0: well, we certainly look forward to more coverage on CNEagles.com, and uh, people can go on to Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash or at CNAthletics for a lot of tributes in the upcoming days. And uh, it's just it's incredible, Gav, when you look at what a lot of former players are saying, people yeah. that have worked in athletics. I mean, his impact went so far beyond uh, the practice facility and the uh, Berktar Stadium. It's incredible.
2: Yeah, uh, truly, truly will be missed. And, again, nobody like him.
0: Well, thank you for joining me today.
2: Yeah, thanks, Roger.
0: Again, go online to CNEagles.com to read Outstanding Tribute to Coach Sparks by Adam. And there will be a lot of great tributes coming out, um, especially within the Knoxville media, over the next few days about um, Coach Sparks and the impact he has made, not just on football and Carson Newman in East Tennessee but uh, coaches and players all around this country uh, have heard his wonderful message and um, we're all a lot better off for getting to know Ken Sparks it's going to wrap up this episode of the podcast but um, again just thank you for listening to it and um, just prayers for coach Sparks his family his Carson Newman family as well during this tough time thank you Ken Amen. Oh.